You're listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to master the stock market and the art of being a dad. So pull up your cargo shorts, put on your grass-stained New Balances, and let's throw some stocks on the grill. Here are your hosts, DJ Brown and Mike Sabala. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Stocks and Sandals podcast. This is your host, Mike Sabala, and I am joined, as always, by DJ Brown. And I am also joined by our reoccurring guest here, Mike Tedeschi, who's on a lot of our episodes with us. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back, Mike. I don't think anybody that's at least a longtime listener should be surprised to hear you back again. Having you on one more time for another emergency bonus episode. I don't like the word emergency. This isn't an emergency. Yeah. This is free money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a more, I guess, like a public service announcement. Yeah. Yeah. PSA. There you go. Obviously, by the time this is released on, I don't know, probably what, like Thursday, the, I don't even know what the date's going to yeah, be. Probably just the 18th, probably. Like the 18th. Yeah. Is when we're going to release it. We're recording this right now on the 12th of March. The stimulus package was just approved and signed off on yesterday, I believe, like officially. So it's like definitely super duper happening. Obviously, you know, that impacts the market and, you know, just kind of has a lot of impact on the economy as a whole. So who better to bring on than our uh, resident guru, Mike Tedeschi from Perspective Wealth Planning and the Stock Dads Professor to talk about it and just get some information out there and get his thoughts. So Mike. I'm not going to introduce you again because people are getting bored of me doing that. So <laughs> let's just dive right into the questions. If you want to know more about Mike and you haven't heard of him, just go check some of the older episodes. So, but yeah, Mike Tedeschi, talk about the stimulus, man. Like what happened? All right. So <laughs> that's broad. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should narrow that down a little yeah. bit here, but so, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot that went on here. So there is a lot of components that make up the stimulus bill. We'll kind of talk just on the, the main points that are you know probably going to affect a wide range of people. First, let's talk about an interesting piece that they had to kind of put in that uh, a lot of people maybe not expecting, and that was that they decided to waive the first $10,200 in unemployment taxes from 2020. So anybody that got unemployment you know, insurance through the course of last year was expecting to have to pay taxes on it. In fact, one of the things when you were to fill that out, gave you the ability to withhold money for taxes. Now, there was a couple of things, especially California made a large mistake. When you click that withhold taxes, it was withholding that from just the state's portion. And if you remember that $600 extra every single week was coming from the federal government, California wasn't going to withhold federal taxes from that. So when people start to do their taxes this year, I think only about 40% of people withheld money to got unemployment last year. And those 40% of people, I'm sure a very high percentage of them were going to be surprised on their taxes when they went in to pay them and go, oh my goodness, I owe three, $4,000 in taxes that I wasn't expecting, which in the middle of a pandemic for somebody that's unemployed, that can be a disaster. So that's one of the things they put in there. The first $10,200 that you received in unemployment is tax-free from 12 for 2020. Is that almost like a remediation thing for those issues, like you said, in California? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that there was a lot of people that, again, going into this tax season were going to be hit with bills that they weren't expecting that they couldn't pay. And so by doing that, that really focused on people that got help from last year with the unemployment, that need help, and removed the tax burden on the first 10 grand of it. So that was definitely a lot of help for a lot of people. Kind of remove that surprises during tax day. Of course, we have the global pandemic and the coronavirus and all that stuff. So I guess, I mean, like that's like the main reason for the stimulus check and stuff like that. But kind of on a a little bit more of a micro scale, what would you say like the purpose of the stimulus bill really is like in general to stimulate, right? I mean, just kind of talk a little bit about that. (laughs) Okay. So... (laughs) I'm going really broad today, Mike. I'm yeah, putting let me, the pressure on you. Let me talk about stimulating here. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you freaking nature. I love it. <laughs> you know, while we're in this pandemic, let's, let's talk for a couple of numbers in terms of our unemployment rate, all right, to begin with. We're still sitting at about a 6.2% unemployment rate. We spiked up in the middle of last year, like 15%. So unemployment has dropped back down, but there is still four plus million ongoing claims. And if you look at last month's numbers, we added 375,000 jobs. So to get back to where we were before the pandemic started, if we take February's numbers, we're going to need 18 months of that employment growth to get back to where we were, right? So that from last March plus, you know, to where we are today and another 18 months, you know, you're talking two and a half to three years to get back to where we were, right? A lot of people in this country were hit extremely hard. So the goal from this bill is really to focus in on people who were affected the most. And if you look at the dollar amount that they're sending this time, they're sending $1,400 direct payment wise, but they lowered the cutoff in terms of your threshold for income in order to be able to get that to I think 75,000 and it phases out at 80 grand and it's doubled for married, which is a lot lower than it was in the last round. So this is more focused in on lower earners and people that probably needed a lot more. I think one of the most interesting things and one of the things I really like from this bill, you know me, I'm not a big fan of printing money and all that. We can certainly talk about that and maybe we will even today. But child tax credit, they increased that to $3,600 a kid under the age of six and 3000 for kids between six and 17, really trying to go after that poverty for children, right? And there is a lot of children in this country that are in food insecure environments and focusing in on the next generation and the people that are most at risk with some cash is a very, very good thing. And I would say that's my favorite piece of the entire bill because it really does focus on children. Maybe I'm biased as a dad, but I think that's important. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure most of our listeners are, but yeah. How is that going to be distributed? Because that's not coming like in the check with the $1,400. That's not it? coming in the check with the $1,400, but children do get $1,400 this time. So dependents actually are getting that full amount where they were, they only got like $600 in the last one, I believe. I think we're getting, for people that qualify for that tax credit, I believe it's going to be paid monthly moving forward if I read it correctly. Don't quote me on it exactly, but I think that's what's going to happen. So it kind of meant to be ongoing amount of support so that families could make sure that children had the things that they need moving forward. So it actually comes as a payment. It's just spread out monthly. 
I believe that is what I read. Okay. And then that is additionally like on top because it's a tax credit. So that's coming off of your income tax. Let's make sure that we nail this down. So it increases the tax break every month. Families would get a full credit regardless of how little they make in the year. So one of the things with this tax credit in the past was you needed to have earnings in order to get the previous tax credit. This removes that. So instead of being able to write it off, it looks like people are going to get paid on a regular basis for this. Got it. Okay. So it's really not going to change much during tax season next year because we'll like the payments will already come for that. So it's not going to be like, oh, we're going to get this huge refund on top of everything. You know, sounds like it's going to come periodically. So yeah. And again, it's not fully laid out. So that's the goal, but the Treasury part, Department may determine that it's not possible and it could just become a tax credit again where you'd end up getting a refund at the end of the year. It's not fully figured out at this point. The goal is to do it on a monthly basis to help people on a regular basis, from my gotcha. understanding. Remember, this bill is, you know, 90,000 pages long. So <laughs> to get each of these points And correct. you've read it all. Mm-hmm. And it's like 48 hours old too. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't hold you too much to knowing everything in there yet. So yeah, quick question. So with the 1400 bucks coming, like how do you think that's going to affect the market? Well, it's something that's been expected, right? If this was something that wasn't expected and came out of left field, it would be like, this is the most bullish thing ever in the history of mankind. Everybody's getting money. It's going to go into stocks and we're going to, you know, we're going to the moon. But this is, was something that was completely expected. It's been expected and talked about since last November. I think the market has priced this in completely at this point. So I think it's going to have very little impact in terms of directional movement, which is why when it actually passed the other day, you know, the market hasn't really done much in the last 24 hours, right? People will definitely take that money and, and put some of it to work in the market. You know that's what's happened last time as well. I think that will happen again. There are probably going to be some areas of the market that benefit more than others from this. But as a whole, you know, it's one of those things that it was expected, and I think that expectation has been built into prices. So I don't think it's anything that's going to have a massive movement because it got passed or anything like that. GameStop. Ugh. Yeah, maybe those <laughs> meme stocks will get some more money flowing into them. Yeah, everyone's going to get this. Their money. And, yeah, right. They're going to be like, oh, let's throw all this money that we just got into stock. So diamond hands. No. Okay. So, I mean, it won't maybe have any like short term ramifications on the market or like price movements and stuff like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's $1.9 trillion. Oh, yeah. We're talking. The numbers are just so incomprehensible at this point in time. So that money is going to be going into the market at some point. It's going to find its way into the market you know, somehow. So kind of just give me some of your thoughts. I know you have very strong opinions on this from a long-term you know, standpoint and from like an economy standpoint and you know, the printing of money. I'm not going to try and make my fun money printer noise again. Do I it. Had Do it. Bird! <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it jammed there at the end. <laughs> yeah, right. Burr. It wasn't very long. I'm pretty right. sure Powell is still going burr in his sleep all day long. So yeah, just kind of talk on that a little bit. Sure. I mean, at this point, the national debt's almost at 30 trillion, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. So, so what's another 1.9, right? I mean, what's another 1.9? I mean, <laughs> our debt to GDP ratio at this point is, let's see, uh, 130%. So, I mean, we've surpassed that 100 mark, which I think was a bad thing, but it hasn't really mattered. One of the ways to think about why that is, I'll I'll ask this question, maybe I've asked it to you before, but what would happen tomorrow if everybody woke up and paid all their debts? 
everybody decided they were going to pay all their debts, what would happen? There would know. be no money left. Hmm. There would be no money. Debt is money. Money is debt. That's how it works in our system. So if everybody paid off all their debts, there would be no money. That's what happens, right? Bank borrow, gets money from you, lends it out to nine other people. So if everyone paid their debt off, it actually there would be no money. So your question from a long-term perspective, what does this stimulus bill do? What does the previous stimulus bill do? What does all that do? It's leading to inflation. And we're seeing it in just about every single corner of the market. I know the Fed's going to come out and say, we don't have inflation, but you can see it on your grocery bill. You can see it on the price of your home. If you're trying to do an addition to your house or you know build a deck or something like that, wood prices have gone through the roof. Grains have gone through the roof. doesn't matter if you're looking at soft commodities or hard commodities like metals, they've gone up through the roof. Copper's trading at 10-year highs. You know, all of these things are happening. Oil's up from the middle of last year a thousand percent. Inflation's real. So we're ultimately going to have to pay this back. It's just going to be paid through inflation over the years. But we should continue to see asset prices go higher over the long run if we are going to continue to print money. It doesn't matter how we're printing the money, if we're doing it through these stimulus packages, if the Fed is buying securities like they started doing last year with junk bonds and there's so many different pieces to the financial engineering that they ultimately can do. But what it ends up leading to at the end of the day is inflation. And you're seeing that in asset prices across the board. So I have one question that's probably going to be, <laughs> this is a big question. <laughs> okay, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Like, can you just explain the national debt? Like, who are we in debt to? And like, how does that work for America? I mean, unless it's to like other countries and stuff, but like, how can we be in debt to like ourselves? I don't know. Just explain the national debt a little bit. So the bond market, our government sells bonds to other governments for interest. I mean, that's what happens. That's how money gets created. China's biggest you know, holder of our treasuries. So what is happening and why we can have the debt levels that we have is all we're doing is paying interest on money borrowed because that's what we're doing. We're creating money. Other countries are buying it and we have to pay interest to them. And that's really at the crux of, of that money printing machine. So the problem becomes, and this is what everyone kind of talks about when you start talking from a large theory standpoint, if rates really start to go up, the amount of money that we owe, if those interest rates go up, the amount of our tax dollars that the country collects will pay on our interest continues to go up and up and up and up. So as the debt levels continue to expand, interest rates really can't expand because we won't be able to service the debt. All right. Think about your mortgage payment right now, right? You know, maybe you got a three, three and a half percent, 30 year mortgage. What if that mortgage rate was the same as your credit card at 23%? How much would your monthly mortgage payment go up? It would be absolutely substantial. So there is a huge connection between interest rates, debt levels, servicing those debt levels, and the whole thing. We could probably talk for a month nonstop about what's actually going on. So yes, it was just an absolute gigantic question is how does our entire financial system actually work? (laughs) (laughs) So this is uh, part one of a 200-part series. (laughs) If anybody could narrow it down into a two-minute answer, it would be you. So I had a lot of faith in you on that one. I tried. I tried. But that's what's happening. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I have some questions on it, but maybe it'd be best served in a, <laughs> another episode. <laughs> so I guess what are some of the other major points of the stimulus that we haven't touched on yet? Sure. 
Vaccine manufacturing, distribution, testing, and contact tracing all received a nice chunk of money, I think 70 or 80 billion between those different programs, which makes sense in a coronavirus stimulus package that we're going to focus on dealing with COVID-19. So that was a piece of it. There was a large chunk that went into rental and utility assistance, into a mortgage aid. So, I mean, we're trying to keep people in houses, you know, that type of stimulus is in there. A lot of money got sent to the states. I think 350, 400 billion state, local governments for them. K to 12 schools got 120 billion. SNAP program got a funding increase of 15% through September. That's good to keep people fed during this. Um, <laughs> and I think we also expanded some help in healthcare and restaurants got about 30 billion in aid. So they really were smacked hard. I have not been out to eat or ordered meals from anywhere since this whole thing started. So, you know, and I would go out once a week at least. And I know I'm not alone in that. So they definitely need help. And a lot of restaurants have completely shut their doors forever. So it's just very tough inside that industry. So some extra aid there is certainly valuable to those people and it hurt. Yeah. If I can't get my chicken nuggies, <laughs> it's going to be rough. I will never forgive the U.S. government for letting my chicken nuggies fall by the wayside. Bro, I they're know tendies. You. They're tendies. Okay, dude. <laughs> they I are know, tendies. But I know DJ has Dino bites in his freezer. <laughs> I literally do. I literally had those for lunch yesterday. I'm not even exaggerating. Oh, yeah, it's the life of a dad. There have been a couple restaurants and bars out by me that have closed down, and I'm pretty bummed about because they're pretty cool. Open them back up, dude. Okay. You do it. You know, just yeah, be an good, entrepreneur. Good idea. <laughs> no excuses. This is helpful. I mean, we could talk about this forever. And I wanted to get your opinions on it. My last question is just like from a really broad perspective again. I mean, this is in your mind, basically what I'm gathering is this is good in the short term for a lot of reasons, but in the long run, you know, may hurt the country and our economy. Am I gathering that correctly? Yes. So here's the really odd thing from this, right? This is designed to help people in need. It's geared towards the most susceptible people in our society, the unemployed, the lower income individuals. And it gives them a short-term benefit, but it actually hurts them more in the long run. Part of the reason we have the massive amount of wealth disparity in this country is because the top of the country owns assets and the bottom doesn't. When you devalue the currency, the top half doesn't get hurt because they own assets and those assets go up in value. So if you own stocks, if you own a house, your house value is going to go up. Your you know, 401k value is going to go up when you're talking from an inflationary standpoint. But somebody that is just scraping by, their money now doesn't go nearly as far. So while we're sending $1,400 payments to people, we're actually devaluing that currency and we're going to make it more difficult for them in the mid and long term unless we do something else to help them out along the way, which exacerbates and continues the problem. So what I picked out of this that was the best for me was focusing in on the children. Right? I am not a big fan of the government spending money like there's no tomorrow from a fiduciary standpoint. So I don't like this bill. <laughs> right. And that's something, again, nobody really thinks about. It's, it's short-term help for this group of people, but it actually hurts them more in the long run than it helps them. Because again, their money becomes worth less and they don't own assets. So that's a problem. Yeah. And the rates that they get paid aren't necessarily changing either. So it's like they get paid the same amount and the amount, like you said, becomes less. 
that's the one thing I never have understood is that why the minimum wage isn't tied to inflation. If you go back to the 1960s and you gave somebody their dollar minimum wage and you paid them in four quarters, those four quarters today are worth about $17 because they were made of silver before and now they're not. So right. four quarters today isn't worth the same that it was back then. But if we tied minimum wage to inflation, we wouldn't have to have this conversation all the time. And what we do as a society is the minimum wage, we have a conversation, it gets bumped up, we leave it for 15 years, the problem gets ridiculous again, we bump the minimum wage up. But by the time we've bumped it up, what we're bumping it up to doesn't even cover what they need it to because of inflation. If we just tied it to inflation once, we wouldn't have to have this conversation every five to 10 years. And there really is not a reason why we need to leave half of the country behind. So short-term bills like this that spend $2 trillion, we could really help people in a much more financially intelligent way than doing things like this. But we don't. We're very short-sighted from a political standpoint because everybody's focused on their numbers and whether or not they're going to get reelected in two years instead of doing right by people. Tedeschi for president. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, well, Mike, didn't do you have any other- to, to take that turn. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do you have any other questions for other Mike? Y'all really got to change your names. I guess this might be too broad of a question, but like with all the printing of money, is that why Bitcoin people are so bullish on Bitcoin? So your question is a lot less broad than how does the financial system work? So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I try. Um, I try. <laughs> teach me economics, please. <laughs> so the interesting thing with Bitcoin is it's digital gold in a sense, right? It's not really manipulated by central banks. It has a store of value and people see worth in it. And yeah, I mean, if you put your last stimulus check into Bitcoin last April or whatever, you've got a lot more money today than that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's a speculative asset class for sure. I, you know, we don't know the future of it. It could be a million dollars a coin or it could be zero. So, there are very few things that we talk about from an asset class perspective where it could be worth zero is a legitimate concern, but this is one of them, right? If it doesn't get widely adopted, if something happens with technology or a different cryptocurrency comes out, it could be something that's worthless. But we've seen a massive rise in it because it is being adopted. People are using it and they are trading their fiat dollars, which they don't see a lot of value in, for something that is liquid. You can move it across country lines very easily and you can do kind of whatever kind of transactions that you want. Whereas something like gold, while it has that same store of value, it's really difficult to transfer a ton of gold from one person to another. It's not, it's not easy to make that you know exchange. It holds value, but it's not nearly as liquid. So that's a very interesting question. So thank you for that. Good work, bud. Welcome. Thank you. You did so good. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Awesome, man. Well, this has been super helpful. You know, as with all of our bonus episodes, we'll keep this one short and sweet and to the point. Any final thoughts? Anything we didn't touch on? No. Um, now I'm here just for hearing some jokes from you guys. So, ooh, all right, hey, you know, last one bonus episode we didn't put jokes through the ringer, so I guess we're gonna have to come up with one real quick here. Well, I'm doing. Okay. Yeah, we can do all one. Right. I got. Uh, I got one. If got you guys need a second to think, mine's yeah. terrible. Okay. Well, they usually are. Mine, <laughs> yeah, but, but it's okay. <laughs> so I just started investing in stocks, mostly beef, chicken, and vegetable. One day I hope to be a bullionaire. Oh, there gosh. it is. There it is. That was horrible.
It's a, it actually it's a is really funny. That one was funny the first time I read it, but people have posted it on our Facebook page 400 million times. 400 billionaire times. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's like... All right, uh, all right, fine. Uh, I got one more for you. It's inappropriate, but I'll go ahead and give it anyways. Oh, so, <laughs> getting a little spicy. All right, a, uh, a wealthy man comes home after a horrible day on the stock market. He goes, I- I've lost my fortune in the stock market today. So we're going to have to change our lifestyle. For instance, if you learn how to cook, we can fire the chef. His wife thinks for a second. She goes, all right. Well, if you could learn how to screw, we can fire the gardener too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. That's pretty Dang, savage. That I love pretty, it. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I like uh, that. That's solid. Mike, you got one yet? I have a would you rather. All right, let's do a would you rather. Let's switch it up. Okay. All right. Y'all are lucky today. You get both a dad joke and a would you rather. A lot of variety going on. Right. Right. Um, All right. Go for it. Okay. So, would you rather have to talk like Yoda or breathe like Darth Vader? Well, I'm fat, so I pretty much already breathe like Darth (laughs) Vader. (laughs) So, I guess I'll just stick with that so I don't have to talk like Yoda on top of it. I'm sensing a trend in your answers where it's like the worst one is something you are already doing. Already do, yeah. Last episode, like I'm fat and already gassy, so I don't mind farting all the time, you know, whatever. But that's an interesting question. All right, Mike, what do you think? What would you do? I guess I'd have to talk like Yoda. You would have talked like I would. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You're smart enough to pull that off. Like yeah. I feel like you could sound wise like Yoda somehow does. <laughs> if I did it, I would just sound like, I don't know, I would need some medication or something. Yeah. Something wouldn't be right. Other Mike, what would you do? I feel like I would also talk like Yoda because breathing like Darth Vader would just be, I wouldn't like it. I don't talk that much, so the... Yoda thing wouldn't be a huge deal, but I breathe a lot. So. <laughs> you do? That's I, good. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Breathing like Vader's, it's exhausting. I can tell. Yeah, like, experience. I can only like imagine. I go up a flight of stairs and I'm just like, man, this is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine what playing sports would be like if I breathed like Darth Vader. Yeah. You know? It wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be good. Yeah. Well, this is going nowhere fast, so we're going to wrap this sucker up here <laughs> get back to our lives. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Thank you, Mike, for being on and dropping some knowledge bombs for us, as always. We appreciate you and all of your contributions to the Stock Dads community. If you guys that are listening want to learn more from Mike and be able to engage with him directly and all that kind of fun stuff, you can check him out in the Stock Dads Discord. He does live training sessions every Tuesday for us. He's active in our chat room and is available to ask questions all the time. And we've also, you know, started working with him on getting some YouTube videos out there. So follow us and subscribe to us on YouTube and get, you know, some weekly knowledge from him there as well. But yeah, guys, thank you. Catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and join our Stock Dads community on Facebook and Instagram. But most importantly, don't touch the thermostat.